Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspects. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today uh, we are still podcasting remotely. So you can probably tell that we're not in the same room. <laughs> um, we are sorry about the quality of it, but hopefully it's doable. So today we're talking about... We're probably going to be doing this for a while, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our governor just extended our stay at home till the end of May. Mm -hmm. So... And that's, like, not even, like, a for sure. He was like, for now, it'll be until the end of May. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay. It it sucks, but I get it. You know what I mean? So It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 10, called Abandon All Hope. I just want to say that <laughs> I hate this episode. I hate it. Um, I hate, and it's because of the death that happens in it. Um, it's not really a spoiler since I'm about to talk about it, but um, you know, it just, okay. The reason why I hate it so much is because it makes me cry so hard, <laughs> so hard. And I hate crying that hard. So um, I'm going to try to get through these notes without crying. I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but if I cry, <laughs> I am like a really ugly crier and, and um, I know you can't see me, but you'll be able to tell how ugly I am by the sounds I'm making. (laughs) I'm a try, I'm a try and not cry, but I make no guarantees. So, all right. (laughs) Okay. So season five, episode 10 called abandon all hope. We start out under an overpass. An older gentleman gets out of a limousine. He immediately steps into a puddle and says, Oh geez. Then he digs a little hole in the ground and buries a tin box. Apparently we're at a crossroads. Then the demon named Crowley is there. He says, Mr. Pendleton, I presume. Mr. Pendleton turns around to meet him. The demon says, the name's Crowley. Mr. Pendleton says, in my negotiations, I was uh, dealing with a very young, attractive lady. Crowley says, yes, I know. But you, piggy banker, you're a big fish. And I wanted to, oops, that sounded weird. I wanted to do you the honor of sealing this deal personally. So I love that this guy is, like, super mad. He's not dealing with a hot chick anymore. Yeah, I know. Like, instead, well, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, instead he gets Crowley. And Crowley yeah. looks so young. I he does. It. I was shocked. He yeah. looks younger than I thought he was when he started doing the series. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Mr. Pendleton. all look young. Let's oh, my real. God. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Pendleton says, um, but she said the deal would be sealed with a kiss. Crowley says, that's right. Mr. Pendleton says, no, I mean, she is, Crowley says, your choice. You can cling to six decades of deep-seated homophobia or just give it up and get a complete bailout of your bank's ridiculous incompetence. Mr. Pendleton says, there are just things, Crowley says, going once. Mr. Pendleton says, no, I don't think so. Crowley says, going twice. Mr. Pendleton says, all right, all right. Crowley grabs him. Crowley grabs him. (laughs) growls him <laughs> Crowley growls at him and pulls him in for a very long smooch like this, awkward uncomfortable yeah guy for sure I, I love it I totally love it then the camera pans out and we see that Cass is spying on them he's on the phone and he says got him and then we get our opening title sequence uh, then we cut to Cass saying into the phone uh, the demon Crowley is making a deal and so this leads me to believe that Cass and Crowley know each other. Do you think they know each other already? I don't think they do. I think it's just he's heard about him and he knows. Like, to me, it seems like like he's like, okay, I know that this is going to happen and this is who's doing it. So he probably doesn't know him, but he knows that it's him, you know? Okay. All right. 
Just That's because if they already know each other, like, I want to know that relationship. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to see those <laughs> circumstances. So, anyway, um, Cass says, even as we speak, it's going down. <laughs> and, we see the, and we see he's talking to Dean. Dean says, going down? Right. Okay, Huggy Bear. Just don't lose him. Cass yeah. says, I won't lose him. To Crowley, Mr. Pendleton says, damn you, and walks away. Crowley yells after him, enjoy the obscene wealth. See ya in ten years. Crowley starts walking and then teleports away. Cass is following and he teleports also, which must be fucking nice. <laughs> I know, really, right? Yeah. Like, imagine how, like, how much more sleep we would get if we didn't have to, like, commute anywhere. Commute. Yeah. Yeah. If I could teleport, I would just, like, teleport to your place and we could sit six feet away from each other and hang out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I miss I miss hanging out. I do um, too, man. Yeah. I miss people. You know? I know, right? Jeez, <laughs> I don't even really like people, and I miss people. So. See, I'm one of those like I saw this post on Facebook the other day, and it was kind of funny, but also like kind of true. Like, <laughs> and I'm kind of ashamed, but also I don't care. Like, if somebody was like, I'm like Tinkerbell. If I don't get to be around people and get attention, I die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I've totally seen that. And you're right. You're kind of like that. <laughs> I, I, people I mean that in a I nice way. Kind of like wilt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I understand. Great. <laughs> okay. So then Cass is back on the phone. He says, I followed him. It's not far, but it's layered in a Nokian warning magic. I can't get in. Dean says, that's okay. You did great. We'll take it from here. So we cut to Crowley's large mansion. He's made himself a drink and he's listening to the song. Everybody plays a fool. Outside his security gate, a girl in a cocktail dress walks up to the intercom. A man says, yeah. She says, hello, my car broke down. I need some help. The man says, I'll be down in a minute. The girl turns around and we see that it's Joe Harvell. And she's wearing this tiny little black dress. She looks amazing. She looks good. Yeah, her hair's all curled. And I just got to say, she is one of the like hottest girls on the show, I think. I would have loved for Dean and Joe to hook up. I know. Ugh. Yeah. I'm convinced. I am convinced that if what happens in this episode didn't happen, that they would have like been together. I think so too, honestly. Like I legit mean, been together, not just yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. They ripped that Ugh. right away from us and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> I freaking hate it. I freaking hate it. You know what it feels like? It feels like an episode of Doctor Who. That's the like the like emotional level that like this episode brought me to is like a, a classic Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Just like the ugly sobbing and the like <laughs> the unrequited. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So the gate opens and Joe walks in. Two men approach her. One says, evening, pretty lady. Get yourself on in here. She says, I just need to make a call. The man says, you don't need to call anyone, baby. We're the only help you're ever going to need. <laughs> I know. Joe says, you know what? I think I should probably go wait by my car. She turns to leave, but the man grabs the man grabs her shoulder and says, we said, get your ass in here. His eyes go demon black. She hits him and he falls over. Then Sam is there with a demon knife and he kills the two dudes. He says, nice work, Joe. She says, thanks. Dean is there. He hands Joe a backpack. She says, okay, shall we? So he we said Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Do a backpack. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I feel really bad. Oh, it's great. <laughs> okay, I met Joe. I really met Joe. I know what you meant, but I just... <laughs> it was good. Okay. Um, good. He hands Joe a backpack. <laughs> so we cut to Crowley inside watching a movie. The power suddenly goes out and he smiles. He walks around and finds Sam and Dean. And Sam says, is Crowley right? Crowley says, so the Hardy Boys finally found me. Took you long enough. Crowley approaches them, but stops when he notices a rug bunched up. He picks it up and discovers the devil's trap on the underside of it. He says, do you have any idea how much this rug costs? Then two demons get the drop on Sam and Dean and restrain them. Crowley pulls out the colt. He says, this is it, right? This is what it's all about. He points it at Dean. Then he shoots the two demons holding the boys. They die. Crowley says, we need to talk privately. Dean says, what the hell is this? Crowley says, do you know how deep I could have burned this? Oh, that's not what he says. He says, do you know how deep I could have buried this thing? There's no reason you or anyone should know this even exists at all, except that I told you. Sam says, you told us. Crowley says, rumors, innuendo, sent out on the grapevine. Sam asks, why? Why tell us anything? Crowley says, I want you to take this thing to Lucifer and empty it into his face. Dean says, uh, huh. Okay. And why exactly would you want the devil dead? Crowley says, it's called survival, but I forgot you two at best are functional morons. Dean says, yeah, you're functioning morons. I love it. it. Crowley says, Lucifer isn't a demon. Remember, he's an angel, an angel famous for his hatred of humankind. To him, you're just filthy bags of pus. And if that's the way he feels about you, what can he think about us? Sam says, but he created you. Crowley says, to him, we're just servants. Common Cannon fodder. <laughs> I said common fodder. Cannon <laughs> fodder. If Lucifer manages to exterminate humankind, we're next. So help me, huh? Let's all go back to simpler, better times. Back to when we could all follow our natures. I'm in sales, damn it. So what do you say? He picks up the cult and says, what if I give you this thing and you go kill the devil? Sam takes the cult and says, okay. Crowley says, great. Sam says, you wouldn't have to know, you wouldn't happen to know where the devil is by chance, would you? Crowley says, Thursday, birdies tell me he has an appointment in Carthage, Missouri. Sam says, great, thanks. Then he points the colt at Crowley and pulls the trigger, but the gun's empty. Crowley says, oh, yeah, right. You probably need some more ammunition. He's like not even phased at all. Oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Dean says, uh, excuse me for asking, but aren't you kind of signing your own death warrant? I mean, what happens to you if we go up against the devil and lose? Crowley says, number one, he's going to wipe us all out anyway. Two, after you leave here, I go into, I go in an extended vacation to all points nowhere. And three, how about you don't miss? Okay? Morons. <laughs> and then he tosses Dean some bullets and teleports away. I got to say, this is a really strong entrance for the character Crowley. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? He's, I he's love got Crowley. The, yeah, he's got the snark. He's got the one-liners already. It's perfect. Yeah. So we, we cut to Bobby's house. Joe, Ellen, and Castiel are hanging out. Ellen and Castiel are doing shots. Ellen says, all right, big boy, let's go. Cast does five shots in a row and says, I think I'm starting to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we cut to Sam and Dean in Bobby's house. Sam says, it's got to be a trap, right? Dean laughs and says, Sam Winchester, having trust issues with a demon. Well, better late than never. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, and thank you again for your continued support. Dean says, you're welcome. And they clink beers. Dean says, and you know, trap or no trap, 
we got a snowball's chance. We got to take it, right? Sam says, yeah, I suppose. Dean says, besides, I'm not sure it's a trap. Check it out. Carthage is lit up like a Christmas tree with revelation omens. And look at this. There's been six missing persons reported in town since Sunday. I think the devil's there. Look, when you think about it, you can't come with. Look, I go against Satan. Look, (laughs) I go against Satan and screw the pooch. Okay, we've lost a game piece. That we can take. But if you're there, then we are handing the devil's vessel right over to him. That's not smart. Sam says, since when, do, since when have we ever done anything smart? I Dean mean, he's says, not wrong. <laughs> he is completely right. Dean says, I'm serious, Sam. Sam says, so am I. Haven't we learned a damn thing? If we're going to do this, we're going to do it together. Dean sighs and says, okay, but it's a stupid friggin' idea. They hear Ellen, Cass, Joe drinking and, hang- and having a good time. They watch Joe get up and walk into the kitchen. Sam says, boy, talk about stupid ideas. <laughs> Dean says, good God, true that. <laughs> I love it. I wonder if Sam, when he says speaking of bad ideas, is thinking about like, it would be a bad idea if I went after Joe or it would be a bad idea if Dean went after Joe. If Dean went after Joe. You're sure? I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. That's how I took it. Okay. Like, I think that's what he meant too. But I was also kind of like, what if Sam is thinking about dicking down Joe? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure because he, like, sees how, like, Dean is around Joe, and he can see that, like, Dean's kind of like, what if I just go over there, and I, uh, maybe I try this, and Sam's like, dude, you're a dummy, don't do it, you know, like, don't do it, man. That's what what I like to think, too. So, (laughs) Joe is bending over into the fridge. When she stands up, Dean is right behind her, like, uncomfortably close behind her. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. He says... Hey, she says, hey, Dean says, so dangerous mission tomorrow. Guess it's time to eat, drink and, you know, make merry. (laughs) Joe says, are you giving me the last night on earth speech? Dean says, what? She says, what? (laughs) Dean says, no, no. If I was, would would that work? (laughs) (laughs) Joe smiles and puts down her beer. She gets real close to him and puts her hand on his face. Then she says, no. Sweetheart, if this is our last night on earth, then I'm going to spend it with a little thing I call self-respect. She walks away and Dean says, if you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which clearly he is disappointed about. (laughs) Yes, yes. Then Bobby yells, everybody get in here. It's time for the lineup. Usual suspects on the corner. Ellen says, come on, Bobby. Nobody wants their picture taken. Sam says, here, here. Bobby says, shut up. You're drinking my beer. Anyway, I'm going to need something to remember your sorry asses by. Ellen says, huh, always good to have an optimist around. (laughs) Bobby, in his wheelchair, rolls back from a tripod with a camera on it. They all gather together. Cass says, Bobby's right. Tomorrow we hunt the devil. This is our last night on Earth. Like, dude, come on. I know, way to bring the room down. Damn. (laughs) Uh, They all stop smiling and the picture is taken. And I would just like to say that this is the picture that, like, is everywhere in this oh, fandom. Yeah. Like, it is on so many, like, pieces of artwork. And, like, I mean, everybody knows this picture. Yeah, it's like the Team Free Will picture. There yeah. is another picture of the same, Of it's, like, the same picture, except they're all, like, laughing their asses off. Yeah. That we've seen. It's probably from the bloopers, right? I mean, because we I don't see that so, picture. Yeah. We don't yeah. see that picture in the episode. So that's really cute. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so we cut to Carthage. The boys are driving slowly down the street in Baby with their arms and cell phones out of the windows. Um, I put Wendy's <laughs> out of the Wendy's. <laughs> At the Wendy's. <laughs> At the Wendy's. Sam says, you getting a signal? Dean says, no, nothing. Nice and spooky. He pulls over and waves Ellen up next to him. Joe and Cass are in her truck. Ellen says, place seem a little empty to you? Dean says, we're going to go check out the PD. You guys stay here. See if you can find anybody. The boys drive off and Ellen parks. Joe gets out and knocks on Cass's window. She says, ever heard of a door handle? Suddenly, next to her, Cass says, of course I have. <laughs> like, I really? Just don't you're, use it. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to teleport out of the car. That seems like a waste of teleportation when you could have literally just walked out of the car. But that's fine. Well, but it's not like he has a finite amount of teleportation. You know, that's like. True. He can teleport whenever he wants. So he's not like use it. It's not like, you know, do I really want to drive around the block an extra time and use that gas or do I want to? Do yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. You're right. So he looks around. Ellen says, what is it, Cass? He says, this town's not empty. Then we can see a ton of men and women, a ton of men and women standing in the street. Cass says, reapers. Ellen says, reapers, as in more than one. Cass says, they only gather like this at times of great catastrophe. Chicago Fire, San Francisco Quake, Pompeii. Excuse me, I need to find out why they're here. Cass walks away. All of the Reapers seem to be old white men. <laughs> I know I said men and women because I thought I saw a woman, but the ones that he's walking through are literally old white men. Yeah. So. Which is like, okay, is that what, like, that's their vision of death is old white men. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Which so, is kind of funny, but <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. So he looks up into a window and there's an old guy staring at him, an old reaper. The guy turns around and walks away. Suddenly Cass is standing is, uh, yep. Cass is standing in the window. Then he turns and follows the man. He walks into a room and we hear Lucifer say, hello, brother. Then there's a bright light. We cut to Sam and Dean meeting back up with Ellen and Joe. Dean says, station's empty. Joe says, so's everything else. Ellen says, have you seen Cass? Sam says, what? He was with you. Ellen says, nope, he went after the Reapers. Sam says, he saw Reapers? Where? Joe says, well, kind of everywhere. We cut to Cass standing in a circle of burning holy oil. Lucifer is close by. Cass says, Lucifer. Lucy says, so I take it you're here with the Winchesters. Cass says, I came alone. Lucifer says, loyalty, such a nice quality to see in this day and age. Castiel, right? Castiel, I'm told you came here in an automobile. Cass says, yes. Lucy says, what was that like? Cass says, um, slow, <laughs> confining. Lucy says, what a peculiar thing you are. Cass notices wounds on Lucy's face. Cass asks, what's wrong with your vessel? Lucy says, yes, uh, Nick is wearing a bit thin, I'm afraid. He can't contain me forever, so... Cass says, you, you are not taking Sam Winchester. I won't let you. Um, I love it. He's like defending his bro. <laughs> don't touch my bro, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> Lucy says, Castiel, I don't understand why you're fighting me of all the angels. Cass says, you really have to ask? Lucy says, I rebelled. I was cast out. You rebelled. You were cast out. Almost all of heaven wants to see me dead. And if they succeed, guess what? You're their new public enemy number one. We're on the same side, like it or not. So why not just serve your own best interests? Interests, blah, blah, blah. Which in this case just happened to be mine. Cass says, I'll die first. Lucy says, I suppose you will. So we cut back to the boys. Dean says, well, this is great. 
We've been in town for 20 minutes. We've already lost the angel up our sleeve. Sam says, you think uh, Lucifer's got him? Dean says, I don't know what else to think. They're walking down the street when suddenly Meg is there. She says, there you are. Sam says, Meg. She says, shouldn't have come here, boys. Dean says, yeah, well, I could say the same thing for you. He points the colt at her. She says, didn't come here alone, Dino. Then uh, an invisible hellhound is next to her, splashing in a puddle. Dean says, hellhounds. Meg says, yeah, Dean, your favorite. Come on, boys. My father wants to see you. Sam says, I think we'll pass. Thanks. Meg says, your call. You can make this easy or you can make it really, really hard. Dean says, when have you ever known us to ever make anything easy? Dean points the gun at the invisible dog and shoots. He yells, run. A hellhound chases them and Meg giggles. Ah, okay. I remember liking Meg. Didn't we like Meg? I I mean, mean, do I just like Meg from later seasons? I think you just like Meg from later seasons. Because, like, up to this point, Meg's kind of, you know. (laughs) Yeah, she's being a real bitch right here. (laughs) I mean, she also is a demon, so. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So, a hellhound trips Dean, and Joe yells, Dean, she starts shooting at the hellhound. Dean yells, Joe, stay back. Then another hellhound drags Joe down and rips her up. Oh, like, like really rips into her, not just like scratching at her clothes. Yeah, this is like basically trying to turn her into hamburger. Yeah. Ellen yells, no. Sam shoots at the hellhound while Dean picks up Joe and they all run into an abandoned hardware store. Joe is whimpering, and you can hear her blood splattering on the floor. Like, she ugh. does not look good. <laughs> no. She, ugh, ugh. She does a lot of whimpering in this episode. I know that it's like, the captions even say that she's whimpering, and I do not handle it well. Yeah. I don't I don't like hearing anybody whimper. I don't know. It's yeah. hard for me. It's hard for me to hear. Yeah. So Dean, Dean sets her down. Ellen says, all right, okay, okay, breathe. Sam chains the door shut, and Joe says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Ellen yells, boys, need some help here. So Sam and Dean find some rock salt and make salt lines at the doors and windows. Then they all look at Joe, who is not doing well. Mm-mm. No. She's looking real pale. Oh, yeah. She's not looking right. She's, ugh. Okay. So we cut to some time later. They've got Joe all bandaged up, but she's still making distressing noises. Ellen says, you're going to be all right. Dean is off doing some tinkering, and Sam walks up to him. Dean asks, how's she holding up? Sam just sighs, and Dean looks alarmed. Sam says, the salt lines are holding up. Dean says, safe for now. Sam says, yeah, safe or trapped like rats. Dean says, hey, you heard Meg. Her father's here. This is our one shot, Sammy. We got to take it no matter what. Dean gets a radio working and says, here we go. Ellen says, Sam, some help here, please. We cut to Bobby. He's trying to call someone, but he's getting the disconnected message. He says, damn it, boys. Then his CB radio starts talking. It's a CB radio, right? Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's what I think it is. Um, Bobby says, KC5 Fox Delta Oscar, go ahead. Dean says, Bobby, it's Dean. We got problems. Bobby says, it's okay, boy. That's why I'm here. Is everyone all right? Dean says, no, uh, it's Joe. Bobby, it's pretty bad. Bobby says, okay, copy that. So now we figure out what we do next. Dean says, Bobby, I don't think she's. Bobby says, I said, what do we do next, Dean? Dean says, right. Okay, right. Bobby says, no, tell me what you got. So we cut to a little while later. Oh, sorry. I had to like swallow all weirdly. Okay. (laughs) Dean and, yeah, Dean and Bobby are still talking. Bobby says, before he went missing, did Cass say how many Reapers? 
Dean says, I don't know. He said a lot of things, I guess. I mean, does the number matter? Bobby says, the devil's in the details, Dean. Ellen walks up to Dean, and she talks into the radio. She says, Bobby, it's Ellen. The way he was looking, the number of places Castile's eyes went. I say we're talking over a dozen reapers, probably more. Bobby says, I do not like the sound of that. Dean says, nobody likes the sound of that, Bobby. But what does that sound like? Bobby says, it sounds like death, son. I think Satan's in town to work a ritual. I think he's planning to unleash death. Dean says, you mean like as in this dude and taxes are the only sure thing? (laughs) Bobby says, as in death, the horseman, the pale rider in the flesh. Dean says, unleash? I mean, hasn't death been tromping all over the place? I mean, hell, I've died several times myself. Bobby says, not this guy. This is the angel of death. Big daddy reaper. They keep this guy's they keep this guy chained in a box 600 feet under. Last time they hauled him up, Noah was building a boat. That's why the place is crawling with reapers. They're waiting on the big boss to show. Dean says, you have any other good news? Bobby says, well, in a matter of speaking, I've been researching Carthage since you've all been gone, trying to suss out what the devil might want there. What you just said drops the last piece of puzzle in place. The angel of death must be brought into this world at midnight through a place of awful carnage. Now, back during the Civil War, this was a or there was a battle in Carthage, a battle so intense the soldiers called it the Battle of Hellhole. Dean asks, "Where'd the massacre go down?" Bobby says, "On the land of William Jasper's farm." So we cut to Cass, still in the circle of holy fire, hanging with Lucy. Meg walks up. She says, "I got the Winchesters pinned down for now, at least." What do I do with them? Lucy says, leave them alone. Meg says, I'm sorry, but are you sure? Shouldn't we? Lucy says, trust me, child. Everything happens for a reason. Well, Castiel, you have some time. Time to change your mind. We cut to Joe, who isn't looking very well. Dean says to Sam, so now we know where the devil's going to be. We know when, and we have the cult. Sam says, yeah, we just have to get past eight or so hellhounds and get to the farm by midnight. Dean says, yeah, and that's after we get Joe and Ellen the hell out of town. Sam says, won't be easy. Dean says, stretcher? Sam says, I'll go see what we got. Joe says, stop. Guys, stop. Can we uh, can we be realistic about this, please? I can't move my legs. I can't be moved. My guts are being held in by an ace bandage. We got to get our priorities straight here. Number one, I'm not going anywhere. Ellen says, Joanna Beth, you stop talking like that. Joe says, mom, I can't fight. I can't walk, but I can do something. We've got propane, wiring, rock salt, iron nails, everything we need. Sam says, everything we need. Joe says, to build a bomb, Sam. Dean says, no, Joe, no. She says, you got another plan? You got any other plan? Those are hellhounds out there, Dean. They've got our sense. Those bitches will never stop coming after you. We let the dogs in. You guys hit the roof. Make a break for the building next over. And I can wait here with my finger on the button. Rip those mutts a new one, or at least give you a few minutes head start anyway. Ellen says, no, I won't let you. Joe says, this is why we're here, right? If I can get us a shot on the devil, Dean, we have to take it. Ellen says, no, that's not. Joe says, mom, this might literally be your last chance to treat me like an adult. You might want to take it. Ellen is crying hard, and so am I at this point. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> I know. I was like, Ellen is crying, kind of like me. <laughs> so Joe and Ellen smile at each other. To the boys, Ellen says, you heard her. Get to work. So the boys start building bombs. Then as Dean spools the wire over to Joe, we see Sam holding Joe's hand. He lets go and walks away as Dean reaches them. Dean says to Joe, okay, this is it. I'll see you on the other side. Joe smiles. Dean says, probably sooner than later. 
Joe says, make it later. Dean puts the trigger in her hand and then kisses her on the forehead. She starts crying. Then Dean kisses her on the lips and then rests his forehead on hers. Okay, what a sweet kiss it was. I know, I loved it. It was it wasn't just like a quick peck either. Yeah. It was like it was I just really like, like sweet you. long. Yeah. And like we could have been something, you know? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. I'm still convinced if they didn't you know, like if she didn't die that Yep. They would have been together for sure. I think so too. He says, okay, and then he walks away. Ellen comes over to Joe. They smile at each other and cry. Joe says, Mom, no. Ellen says, somebody's got to let them in. And like you said, you're not moving. You got me, Joe, and you're right. This is important, but I will not leave you here alone. Get going now, boys. Dean says, Ellen? Ellen says, I said go. And Dean, kick it in the ass. Don't miss. So Sam and Dean leave. Ellen unchains the door and breaks the salt lines. She turns on the propane on the bombs. Then she sits next. Then she sits next to Joe and puts her arm around her shoulders so that Joe's head is resting on her shoulder. Ellen says, "I will always love you, baby." Joe says, "I." But then we hear a hellhound's growling. Ellen looks at Joe, but she's dead. She died. She's freaking dead. Part of me was like, "Is she really dead, or did she just like lose consciousness?" But I think it's implied that she's actually dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ellen says, honey, Joe, it's okay. That's my good girl. Then the hellhounds bust through the door and run up to them. One breeze on Ellen's hair. She says, you can go straight back to hell, you ugly bitch. She got real mad right there. Yeah. (laughs) Then she blows up the bombs. Sam and Dean are running away safe. So we cut to Sam and Dean peeking through some trees at a bunch of people standing around watching Lucifer dig a hole. (laughs) Dean says, I guess we know what happened to some of the town folk. Sam says, okay, last words? Dean says, I think I'm good. Sam says, yeah, me too. Dean says, here goes nothing. Dean pulls out the colt and the boys approach Satan. <laughs> it looks like I wrote Seder. <laughs> That's approach. actually a, Seder is a, is a thing. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like, like, I mean, I know it's like a mythical creature. No, no, but, no, 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 no. But uh-uh. is it like a Satan thing? No, it's. Um, oh gosh, I want to say it's around, is it around Easter? I think it is. It's, it's, a, it's like the Seder meal. Oh, um, I was not thinking that. I was thinking something completely different. Let me see. I'm going to look it up. I think it's around Easter. Okay. So it, it's a, it marks the beginning of the Jewish holiday of Passover. Oh, Okay. Okay, so for the record, I totally did just cry, but, like, I did an ugly sob, so I'm feeling really, really proud of myself right now. (laughs) You're doing good. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh. Okay, Sam yells, hey, and cocks the shotgun. He says, you wanted to see me? Lucy says, well, Sam, you don't need that gun here. You know I'd never hurt you. Not really. Dean puts the Colt. Maybe um, just a little. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe a tiny bit. <laughs> Dean puts the Colt uh, next to Lucy's head and says, yeah, well, I'd hurt you. So suck it. And he pulls the trigger. Lucifer falls down. Then he gasps and says, ow. He stands back up and says, where did you get that? Then he hits Dean so hard that he flies into a tree. To Sam, he says, now, where were we? Don't feel too bad, Sam. There's only five things in all creation that that gun can kill. And I just happen to be one of them. But if you give me a minute, I'm almost done. Lucifer starts digging again, and Sam runs over to Dean. Lucy says, you know, I don't suppose you just say yes right here and now in this whole tiresome discussion. That's crazy, right? 
Sam yells, it's never going to happen. Lucy says, oh, I don't know, Sam. I think it will. I think it'll happen soon. Like within six months. I think it'll happen in Detroit. Sam says, you listen to me, you son of a bitch. I'm going to kill you myself. You understand me? I'm going to rip your heart out. Lucy says, that's good, Sam. You keep that fire in your belly. All that pent up rage. I'm going to need it. Sam looks at the town folk and asks, what did you do? What did you do to this town? Lucy says, oh, I was very generous with this town. One demon for every able-bodied man. Sam says, and the rest of them? Lucy points at the ground and says, in there. I know, it's awful, but these horsemen are so demanding, so it was women and children first. I know what you must think of me, Sam, but I have to do this. I have to. You of all people should understand. Sam says, well, what's that supposed to mean? Lucy says, I was a son, a brother like you, a younger brother, and I had an older brother who I loved, idolized, in fact, and one day I went to him and I begged him to stand with me, and Michael, Michael turned on me, called me a freak, and a monster, and then he beat me down, all because I was different, because I had a mind of my own. Tell me something, Sam. Any of this sound familiar? Anyway, you'll have to forgive me. Midnight is calling, and I have a ritual to finish. Don't go anywhere. Not that you could if you would. And then he starts chanting. He turns to the demon town folk and says, Now repeat after me. We offer up our lives, blood, souls, to complete this tribute. The demons repeat it and then start to die. Dean is woken back up at this point. Sam looks horrified by all the death. Lucy says, what? They're just demons. So we cut to Cass, still in the circle of holy oil. We see a screw loosen um, above in the pipe above him by an invisible force. But it's Cass, right? He's like turning his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg is there looking uh, smug. Cass says, you seem pleased. Meg says, we're going to win. Can you feel it? You cloud hopping pansies lost the whole damn universe. Lucifer's going to take over heaven. We're going to heaven, Clarence. Cass says, strange, because I heard a different theory from a demon named Crowley. Meg says, you don't know Crowley. Cass says, he believes that Lucifer is just using demons to achieve an end, and that once he does, he'll destroy you all. Meg says, you're wrong. Lucifer is the father of our race, our creator. Your god made me a deadbeat dad, but mine, mine walks the earth. Cass makes the screw come out of the pipe. It hits Meg, pushing her into the circle of holy oil. Cash, Cash, <laughs> Cass catches her and tries to kill her by putting his hand on her head, but it doesn't work. She laughs. She says, you can't gank demons, can you? You're cut off from home office and you ain't got the juice. So what can you do, you impotent sap? <clears throat> An impotent sap is what I just tried to say. Uh, I think I said sap. <laughs> sap. Sap. <laughs> Cass says, I can do this. And he throws her down onto the ground so that she's laying across the fire. She screams. He walks. He built a bridge and got over it. <laughs> he, made, he made a little Meg bridge. I love it. He walks on top of her out of the circle. That was pretty badass, I gotta that say. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad. I'm glad Meg is burning in the holy oil. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to Satan. The ground is shaking. Sam and Dean are watching and suddenly Cass is there. He shushes them and there's a bright light. Lucy looks, but they're all gone. He smiles. Then something rises out of the ground, but we don't see it. Lucifer says, oh, hello, death. So we cut to Sam and Dean at Bobby's. They're looking at the picture of of all of them that they took earlier. Bobby throws it into the fire. Dean watches Joe's face as it burns up and credits. I hate it. Why do they need to burn the friggin' picture? I, yeah. Mm -mm. It's the last, like, 
picture that you have of two of these people and you're just throwing it in the fireplace, like that kind of made me mad. It made me mad too. I wasn't a fan. Nope. Like at all. Nope. Okay, so my thoughts on this episode. There's a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. The first one being, I like how much happens in this episode. Like, there's so many different things. Like, we meet Crowley. There's, like, Joe and Ellen dying, which is not the most fun thing to happen. But, like, you get to, like, kind of see the whole Lucifer thing. You get to, like, there's so many different things. It feels like a longer episode than what it actually is in a totally good way. Like, not in, like, a way is like, oh, my gosh, this keeps going on. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, like, just because there's so many things happening, it's, like, a more, like, satisfying episode because you get to, like, have, like, so many different things. But, yeah. um, Also, I, like, I totally love Crowley's sass. Like, he just, like... That character adds so much to the show that, like, every time he's in an episode, I'm like, oh, it's Crowley, you know? And let's be real, in real life, like, well, watching his panels anyways, he's the same way in real life. Yeah. He is totally full sass. Yeah, I kind of wonder if he's, like, that way all the time, or if that's, like... if it's just for panels. Yeah, if he does that for the fans, you know? Yeah. I I don't really know the answer to that question. Okay, I saw him before, ooh, I might be lying to you. I don't think I am. I think I saw him before he was on Supernatural. Yeah. I'm almost positive at Emerald City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and he did a panel, and he was sassy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, God, I, I'm really sure it was before super, he started on Supernatural. But now I feel like I'm lying to you about it. I don't know. I think it was before Supernatural because I don't remember him talking about anything supernaturally. I remember him talking about like Battlestar and that kind of stuff. And he did walk around in the audience for that too. Yeah. So that's just like his thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like how during the conventions that we went to that he was at, he would like steal people's babies and walk around with them. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, Oh, can I have that? Great. And he just like, well, what do you think about this? This question or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and he'd, like, take people's food. If people were eating, he'd, like, take them for himself and, like, eat it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's yep. just, like, all in people's business, and it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, and a thought that I had about this episode. So, can all demons see the hellhounds? I think they can, right? Because, like, think so. angels and demons can, like, see each other's true forms, and they can, like, see who's what and all that sort of stuff. So I would assume that everybody, as far as demons can go, can see hellhounds. I don't know about angels. But yeah. also, like, what determines the hellhounds' loyalty? You know, like, is it, like, because... I'm sure there's, like, the big boss, you know, that they're, like, there's got to be one person that they're, like, super loyal to. Or is it, like, any demon who has a job for me, I'll do, you know? I thought it was more of, like, like a pet situation. You know what I mean? Well, but, and that kind of gets explained later on, so I don't want to give any spoilers for some of that. But, like, there's, we kind of learn later on that there's, like, one person that they're, like, loyal to. Okay. But, like what determines who they'll listen to at other times? You know, is it like the big boss going, you go with this person or is it like, well, you're a demon. So I guess I can listen to you too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. 
uh, these are things that I need to know. Yeah. And I don't yeah, know I if that's ever that. really explained. I don't think it is because I feel like I'd be telling you, I can't tell you because it's a spoiler if it was explained. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think they ever do explain it. I don't think they do either. It's just one of those things that I kind of want an answer to, but I, yeah, I I'd love to know that. Really yeah, know. for sure. But anyways, um, <laughs> So also, okay, if I was in a situation like that, like what Joe was in, like, I would hope that I could be as brave as Joe is and just be like, listen, I'm dying. Like, this is what needs to be done for the good of everybody else. Like, I will blow myself up for this, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I hope I would be too. I don't know. I think that I would probably be a lot more scared of dying. Like, I think I might be more cowardly. I don't know but, if I'd be scared of dying because at that point, like, you know, like she knows at that point that she's dying. Like, right. There's no getting out of it. Like there is nothing that can be done, but like, I hope that I wouldn't be like freaking out about that and being like, you know, um, you know, like I can't do anything. What do I do? You know, versus yeah. like, okay, let's think about this. Like I'm a lost cause. Let's figure out what we could do for everybody else. You know, like yeah. I would only hope that in a situation like that, that I could be as brave as she is. Yeah. And she is like, being really fucking brave. Yeah. Sens- sensible, you know? Yeah. But also, okay. Can I just say that when Dean handed Joe that little detonate detonator, the detonator, yeah. Detonator. Apparently <laughs> I just need to say it super Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but um, <laughs> his nail was all sorts of jacked up. Did oh, you I didn't notice that? his nail. No. That? Like he was handing her this thing and it looked like he had like smashed a fingernail and it was because it was all like black and blue and like coming off and like disgusting. Ew. And I kind of wonder if like that was actually happening to him at the time. Like he had like smashed his finger in a door or something like that and it was like coming mm-hmm. off or if that was like makeup that they decided to add for some reason like I don't know why they would decide to add that it had nothing to do with the story right so it was probably real I want to know the story behind that smooshed fingernail (laughs) yeah that's gross I'm glad I didn't notice it because I got a problem with fingernails it It, it distracted me (laughs) yeah yeah it totally distracted me um also it's a totally a good thing that Ellen stayed with Joe because if she hadn't the bomb would have never gone off that's right, because Joe died or passed out, but probably died. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Ellen had to like turn on all the propane and open the door. Yeah. And, oh know, yeah. I mean, I suppose the boys could have done all that, but they wouldn't and have ran. been guaranteed. Yeah, wouldn't been yeah. guaranteed that they'd be safe. So, no. but yeah, yeah, Joe, Joe didn't make it. No. That was heartbreaking to see Ellen deal with those emotions. You know, like her daughter just died, and now yeah. she's gotta, but she's gotta keep her head in the game. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I hate this episode. I fucking hate this episode. Okay, the reason why the death is so hard on me, I think, is because it shows a mother grieving. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that I have a really hard time with, like, parent stuff. Yeah. I always did, not just because I have a kid now. I think it's worse now that I have a kid, too. But, like, yeah, yeah, it's just, I I can't can't handle it. Terrible. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Everyone is terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, okay. Did the explosion actually kill the hellhounds or did it just stall them and they just didn't find the boys or because they, the hellhounds were like, Oh, you know, 
Lucy's got this, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think that it probably did kill them. I know they're like supernatural creatures, but I think that you can kill them just like you can kill anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you can kill them, but like, I don't know what the like the parameters for that are you know like what kills them like because you know how like certain creatures have certain things that can kill them like what is it that kills a hellhound yeah I feel like there's an episode in the future that maybe talks about this there is an episode in the future that talks about it but I don't know if it goes into that okay gotcha I'm, like, trying to, like, talk about it but not give spoilers, and it's it's kind of hard. So it's I'm just going to stop yeah. talking about it because I'm going to dig myself into a hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. Also, like, <laughs> demons dying, like, when they're all, like, kind of in the field. Yeah, when their heads are, like, lighting up. It looked like a bunch of fireflies. <laughs> oh, it did. It was it was pretty cool looking. Yeah, it did look like fireflies. You're right. I, I got a giggle out of it. Yeah, their their skulls would like start glowing orange. It, like it would like pop into like orange glory, and then they'd yeah. fall over. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like when a light bulb, like when you turn on a light bulb and it kind of just like, you know, yeah. before it dies. Like that's yeah. kind of what it reminded me of. It was just a bunch of like, they're just like a bunch of demons popping in a field. Right. But, right. But um, also, like I'm kind of enjoying the fact that we're starting to like see the Lucy sass. You know, it's like up to this point, it's been like, yeah, he gets kind of sassy here and there, but it's more of like, but he's he's very kind of like a creepy creature. Yeah. You know, like he's like very level and like almost like too calm about it. And that's what's creepy about it uh, or about him, you know, versus like you don't really get to like. I don't know. They're kind of, like, introducing you to the character very slowly, which I kind of enjoy, but we're starting to, like, see a little bit of the the sassy side, which... Yeah, because he can be so sassy, just as sassy as Crowley, I feel like. Oh, easily. I think, well, I think they're both very uh, very Crowley. They're both very sassy, where Crowley is just outright sassy, and Lucy's, like, mean sassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, Crowley is just that way all the time, and Lucy's, like, the, you know, you idiot. He's sort of <laughs> sassy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not just like, ah, ha, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Crowley thinks that he's hilarious, and Lucy's just an ass. Yes, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I will totally agree with that. But, yeah. Anyways, um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment was when um, Dean tried to give Joe the last night on Earth speech. I just loved it. <laughs> I loved yeah. everything about it. I love that she, you see her like bent over in front of the fridge with her butt in the air. <laughs> and then when she, she's got a good body, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then and she stands up and Dean is like on top of her practically. And he's like, like hey. hey, and she's <laughs> like. He's like, hey, and she's like, oh, hey. <laughs> like, you can tell that she's actually, like, into she it. Yeah, but she she's knows. also she's into it. With him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, he's like, uh, what did he say? Something about, like, oh, make Mary. And she's like, you're not giving me that, that are you? And and he's like, what? And she goes, what? <laughs> and they're both like, what? And he's like, oh, no, no, but but if I was, would, would it work? work? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I just love that whole scene. I thought they they acted it very well. I went. I bet it was so fun to film that scene. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They probably gave each other so much crap during yeah. like filming that scene, you know. And I <laughs> love how close she got to almost kissing him. She got right up in his face with like her face right in his face, and she's yeah. like petting his cheek and like how nice. <laughs> Hello. Would, how nice would it be to like pet that cheek? You know what I mean? I mean, really though. <laughs> yeah. So I just loved all of it. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Okay, so I have two favorite moments. Okay. One was the first one um, when Crowley was like, you two at best are functioning morons. <laughs> and Dean's like, you're functioning morons, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Like, that <laughs> that's your comeback. That's a lot of things, you know? <laughs> yep. It yep. really does. But also my other favorite was when Dean and Joe have that kiss right before she dies. I love that moment and it kind of like hurts my heart because you know that like that's the beginning and the end of what could have been like an amazing thing yeah which but like just like that moment was just so great you know like I I love that moment yeah it really was it was it was perfect it was like sweet and sad and it was like hello and goodbye and I just it was you know it was all of the things it was like this is this is what we could have had and I'm sorry that we never did you know yeah Ugh. yeah like I hate it but I love it at the same time yeah I hate it I just like hate it you feel like it's there's been so much build up to this point and then they just like rip it away from you freaking mm-hmm. supernatural like they just like to put you through the ringer that's what I know like I said, it feels exactly like Doctor Who. You have got to watch Doctor Who so you can feel all these terrible things. Okay. I love how you advertise it to me as you're going to feel terrible things. <laughs> it's like so you should true, watch though. this so you can have your soul get ripped through the dirt. You need to feel these things. I know. I promise you will you will enjoy feeling the heartbreak. Oh god. <laughs> it's awful. <sighs> yep. I like I like it. But also, <laughs> yep, I understand. I understand. Uh, anyways, okay, so that's um, our interesting facts for this episode. Um, it says through Twitter, producer and director Jim Michaels revealed that the explosion in this episode went way too large. <laughs> oh no! They had, to, they had to rebuild part of a back lot in the set for almost twenty thousand dollars. Holy shit. Like, they overdid it a little bit with the boom. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Which, Man. but, like, how satisfying would it be to watch that, though? They oh, were yeah. probably all like, dude, that was epic. And then they see the damage, and they're like, oh, shit. You know? Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, so it says this, this is the first series appearance of Mark Shepard's character Crowley, which we'd heard about Crowley before, but we haven't actually seen him. So okay, that's right. Uh-huh. I love that his first, your first introduction to him is like him making out with this super homophobic dude. I guess not making out, <laughs> but like he's smooching this dude who is like not down. <laughs> you know, it really summarizes his character. <laughs> it does, yeah, and you know he and he yes. may, and he like kisses him for longer than he needs to just to make the guy uncomfortable. You know, oh, yeah. I love for it. Sure. And yeah. the guy like can't do anything about it because if like if he like breaks that, then like he's worried that like the, the deal is off. Deal yeah, thing is off. You know. Yeah. So. So good. <laughs> um, it says the episode's title refers to Dante. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. 
Allegaris, the Ale- divine comedy of sure. Edge and All Hope, Ye Who Enter Here. Um, this is written above the gates of hell. Okay. Um, it says, at one point, Ellen tells the boys to kick it in the ass. Uh, this is a tribute to executive producer slash director Kim Manners, who passed away in 2009. Um, he was fond of saying this phrase before a take to encourage the actors. Um, a similar tribute occurs in the X-Files Mulder and Scully meet uh, the Wear Monster 2016, um, where Kim was also a producer slash director. Um, in that instance, a tombstone is shown with Kim's name, dates of birth and death, and the um, the saying, kick it in the ass. I remember that exact moment in that episode. I remember watching it and they're in the graveyard. It's kind of a funny episode, which they yeah. don't do. They do like a funny episode a season. And, um, and Mulder... David Duchovny is like standing next to the tomb. And mm-hmm. I was like, that says Kim Manners. That says Kim Manners. That's awesome. <laughs> ah! Yeah. I was really excited yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, P.S. You have to watch the X-Files too. I mean, you have I'll- to. There's yeah. so many TV shows that mm-hmm. like I have to finish. And I just finished Heartland. Oh, was at that least amazing? what's on Netflix anyways. Yeah. There's two. No, wait. Is there two more seasons? One more season. There's two more seasons because I think it ends at season 11. And so 12 and 13 are aired, but they're not on Netflix yet. So I have to catch up with those somehow. And I own like seasons one through eight or something like that on DVD. So I have, I think I kind of like have to buy the DVDs. Yeah, you do. And just like go through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I just finished watching Fargo season two. Which was so good. It has my man love, Patrick Wilson, in it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which I swear isn't the reason that I watched it. Okay, but it totally is. (laughs) It isn't. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It is. But it was really good. It was. um, So the first season of Fargo kind of follows the movie. Did you ever see the movie Fargo? Nope. So it takes place in like, I think it takes place in the 90s. And it's kind of like this hitman, like botched thing um and but the tv show uh, has a much bigger like ensemble cast um so it goes way more into the story mm-hmm. and there's a woman cop who you who is kind of like your main character one of the main characters but the one you're really rooting for to like win in, in all of this the one who you want to like most definitely not die anyways because there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of death in this show mm-hmm. um and then the second season takes place when she was like a kid. So she's like five or seven or somewhere in there. And it's her dad's story. And her dad is played by Patrick Wilson and he's a cop. Mm-hmm. And and it is bananas, everything that happens. <laughs> there's like there's like drug drug cartel, which is not a storyline that I'm particularly interested in. Like I don't I'm not into organized crime. That doesn't interest me. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But there's a lot of that. But um but there's also like alien spaceships. Yeah. Totally out of the blue. <laughs> and, and it's based on a true story. So yeah. it's it's it was bananas. And I cried my eyes out at the end. Eric is like, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm not crying. He's like, it wasn't that sad. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but, I don't know what to do. But it, was, but it had a happy ending. But, it, but it's still sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. You should watch Fargo. I think you would like it. It's really quirky. Yeah. Yeah, I'll... Like, seriously, we should be writing down the list of things that you need me to watch. I know, I know. Because we it's keep on... saying that we're going to, and we never do. <laughs> we never do. It's on Hulu right now. Do you have Hulu? 
No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's streaming on anything else. I mean, I'm sure you can find it on Prime, but you probably have to pay for it. Probably. You have to pay for most things on Prime, I've yeah. discovered. <laughs> yeah. But unless it's like one of those Prime originals. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just like waiting for the next season of uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel to come out because that show is great. Should I watch that? You should watch that. It's hilarious. Okay. I will. I've been meaning to check it out. So yeah, it's basically like this lady who her husband is trying to be a comedian and then he's not funny. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like taking notes this whole time and like, writing down jokes that she comes up with or whatever but she's not trying to become a comedian um and basically so her husband comes home one day and is like I'm leaving you you know like I'm done and she's like what the hell you know Mm -hmm. and so she's like well I gotta do something you know and so she decides to become a comedian and like throughout this whole thing like she actually becomes fairly popular um and it's like she does like jokes about you know her life and you know her kids and this is like back in the day this is oh I want to say it's in like the 50s maybe okay no I have no idea I don't remember what the timeline is but it's like it's older you know at least the the timeline is older it's yeah a new show but right right right. um, yeah it's pretty good and it's not like I mean I don't think there's anything that you would really like cry over in it okay I like that like I'm trying to think through the episodes and see like there's I mean if you were to cry over something it wouldn't be because like of anything super traumatic you know like if you were to cry it would probably be like short-lived you know (laughs) okay I like that so yeah I think I think you'd like it it's funny and it's a good like it's a good pick-me-up you know yeah yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. But anyways, back to our interesting facts. Okay. <laughs> um, it says, when Castiel tells Dean that he's found Crowley, uh, Dean replies, okay, Huggy Bear, just don't lose him. <laughs> he's referring to the con- uh, confidential informant from the 1970s TV cop show Scar- Starsky and Hutch. Oh, okay. Which I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. Um, it says, Carthage... Carthage, Missouri was also the setting for the season four episode uh, Metamorphosis. Okay. Um, it says Bobby takes the group picture with an Asahi Pentax Spotmatic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, which were only manufactured between 1964 and 1976, making the camera around 40 years old at the time. Oh, okay. Um. It says, Joe Harvell dies in this episode the same way that her father was described to have died in Supernatural Season 2, Episode 14, Born Under a Bad Sign. Um, Sam, while possessed by a demon, recounts to her how her father had died while out on a hunt with his father, John. Um, John used him as bait, and he died trying to hold his insides after being attacked by a monster. Um, This is the same way Joe dies before the bomb is activated. Ah, jeez. Um... It says, this is the first time that Meg calls Castiel Clarence um, after the angel waiting to get his wings in the Frank Capra classic, It's a Wonderful Life, from 1946. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't think that was the first time for some reason. That I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought I, she already had. Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. You know? Yeah. 
But it seems right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I don't think she's... There's so many times that she calls him Clarence that, honestly, I couldn't tell you what the first time is. Yeah, okay. Well, this is it, apparently. This is apparently it. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, think about, yeah, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, like, later on she says it more endearingly, and this way, in this episode, she says it kind of mockingly, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. But, oh, man, the Meg storyline. It's a good okay. one. I and like can it. Can I just say, I love Rachel Miner. Like, oh, I, I love, love her too. Yeah. She's great. So, um, so our research from this, from this episode, I almost said from this week. Well, I guess that's right too. Um, this is from joplinglobe.com. Um, and it's about, um, historic Carthage haunted with ghost tales. Oh, perfect. So just different ghost stories from Carthage, Missouri. Okay. Um, so at the big, it's, it says Gail White, historic Carthage haunted with ghost tales. Um, it says thousand or shadows of a thousand years rise again unseen. Voices whisper in the trees. Tonight is Halloween from Dexter Cozen, which I don't really know what that has to do with the rest of it so much, but I like it. <laughs> okay. So we'll okay. go with it. Yeah. Um, too. And this is it's kind of like a blog, so it's this red and um, it's it'll be a. I'm reading it as if I'm writing it, but I'm not. (laughs) Okay. Um, It says, I love the concept of Halloween, the fall colors, creative costumes, going door to door to get candy, carving pumpkins and scary ghost stories. However, I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe in science and the enormous capacity of the brain to make us think that we have actually experienced a phenomenon. It says, according to the book Haunted Carthage, Missouri, by Lisa Livingston Martin, um, there have been many sightings and various paranormal events in and around Carthage. Um, Here are a few that are outlined in her book. Um, So it says Kendrick House, uh, one of the few homes in Carthage that survived the Civil War. It was considered a mansion in its day and was used to treat wounded soldiers from the Battle of Carthage. Uh, Many deaths occurred there, and apparently their ghosts still haunt the property. According to Martin, a man in a Civil War uniform is seen, as well as a tall man in a white shirt and trousers who stands near the old well. Most intriguing, however, is the apparition of a young girl in a plaid dress who has not only been seen near Kendrick House, but has also been reported walking across a pasture towards a neighbor's house and was seen entering it through the back door. Hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I made that sound and Steve looked at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you don't have a hairball. <laughs> uh. Um. It said the next one, it says the Battle of Carthage State Historic Site. Some of the most intense fighting happened at the end of the battle near the park. Um, From this location, there have been sightings of a a soldier peering around the trunk of a tree, the sound of footsteps, swishing trousers, uh, the voice of (laughs) and the voice. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) I just like all I think of is like people walking in those like, you know, windbreaker pants. (laughs) Okay, did I ever tell you the story about the windbreaker pants when I was ghost hunting? Yeah, I think, yeah, you did. Did I say, did I say it on the podcast? I think you did. I think I did, too. Anyway, when, yeah, when you said trousers, that's immediately what I thought of, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. So, yeah, swishing trousers (laughs) and the voice of a man urgently calling out to Webb and warning of danger. Okay. Um... 
This one is 418 Grant Street. It says this property is just off the southeast corner of the square where a witness saw a man in a suit enter the building, which has uh, which was locked and closed. Um, the witness looked into the building, which was dark and didn't see anyone inside. Hmm. Um, this one, the Drake Hotel, it says this elegant old building has been the setting for many ghost stories over the years, mostly of hearing footsteps and unusual sounds. Oh, creepy. Um, Jim's Bar, it says there have been many reports of shadow presences and voices. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jasper County Courthouse, it says it's also been or it also has a shadow presence that's been seen and reported by employees in the woman's restroom on the southwest corner of the. Oh, floor. no, that is not where I want to see a shadow figure with my pants down. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, like wipe and run, man. <laughs> I know. Clench everything. Wipe, run. <laughs> wipe and run. <laughs> wipe and run. I love it. I'd wear that T-shirt. oh Oh, man (laughs) Um, (laughs) so this one says McBride's Antiques Um, it was featured on the Ghost Hunters TV show specifically episode 5 of season 10 Um, it's the original location of the Burlingame and Chaffee Opera House and has a rich history of entertainment successful businesses and community gatherings um the current owner keith mcbride was featured in the tv show and he has heard many odd noises uh, the presence of an elderly woman and a small boy have been reported by many customers and employees Ugh. it says so if you're looking for real ghosts halloween night you might check out these places as for me the only ghost i see i'll see will be bringing my door for candy <laughs> uh-huh. like then some it. kids show up dressed up as a ghost that's fine but i'm not gonna go looking for anything yeah <laughs> that's my kind of person like i solidly agree like i get it i mm-hmm. just get it <laughs> i agree oh so uh what was your idiot or ass butt moment from this week Okay, well, um, I think I was on the phone with you when this happened, and it was, you know, Eric was working, so he wasn't around, and uh, Killian was, you know, being obnoxious and trying to get our attention, and um, I asked him to do something, and he was like, you're not the boss of me, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, I am definitely the boss of you, and he was like, no, dad's the boss of me because he's bigger. And I I was like, um, that's not really the way it works. And he's like, dad's the boss of you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I remember laughing about it at the time because it was just so funny to hear him be like, dad's the boss of you, you know, all snooty like and just, yeah, like it didn't really piss me off. But I was like, I was like, you go ahead and ask dad. You go ahead and ask him. And he's like, I will. And so um, I I was with him. I, I was telling Eric about what, you know, what Killian said. I was saying it in front of Killian. And Eric looked at Killian and said, listen, mom's the boss of both of us. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I don't think you understand the yeah. situation that we're in. He's <laughs> like, mommy gets to tell me what to do. <laughs> like, okay, but but for real, our relationship dynamic we both wear the pants, you know, he gets to wear the pants in some aspects and I do in others. And it's a very good partnership we have in terms of like who gets their say in what. So I don't feel like either one of us has, you know, more 
pants wearing over the other one. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Pretty, we're equals and it's, it's a great dynamic. I really love it. But it was just so funny to hear Killian be like, well, dad's the boss because he's bigger, you know, <laughs> he's a bigger person than you. And like, it doesn't work that way. Like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, yeah. You got some people learn, homie. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like obnoxious and kind of adorable. And yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your idiot or ass foot moment? So uh, my idiot moment, what, well, it's, I'm not sure if it's an idiot or ass foot moment. So I finally, thank goodness, got my stimulus check oh, and geez. I got a week's pay from unemployment. Right. And so there's like some things on Amazon that like I should get, you know, like I have to, so I have this like water fountain for Steve and it's got these like carbon filters that need to be replaced every so often. And I yeah. haven't replaced it in a while because I'm like, okay, well I need to get one of these, but also I don't know when I'm going to get money again. So like, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't buy it right now. You know, like it'll be okay. It's not going to be much different than him like drinking out of the tap, you know, like yeah. it'll be fine. And so I finally, like, I go through and I get that and a couple other things or whatever, you know, like nothing crazy. And so I go through and I pick the free shipping because I don't have prime. And so whatever, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to be home for at least another month, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So if it comes in the next month, I'll be fine. And I like, I go through and it's like, okay, it says like five to eight business days or whatever is like the free shipping. Right. And so it tells me that it's going to ship in five to eight days. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know? And then I, (laughs) I get onto my phone today because I'm like, oh, I wonder like when it's going to come, whatever, you know, cause, and it didn't say anything at the time that I um, ordered that it would, be anything different, you know? Yeah. And (laughs) I get on there today and it's like June 12th. Holy shit. Wow. That is over a month away. That's crazy. I bet it doesn't take that long. It is May 2nd, folks. And June 12th is when. Yeah, that's bananas. I know that they, I do have Prime and everything is taking a couple weeks to get here. But um, I mean, it, it's saying that it's taking a couple of weeks to get here just because they're they've Amazon has made their priority to be essentials shipped first. So that's why yeah. other things are taking longer, which I totally get. And that's fine. But mm-hmm. um, everything that I've ordered that has said that it'll take a couple of weeks has really taken only like one week, yeah. even though it says otherwise. So I bet they come sooner than that. But that's crazy. That that, yeah, that's crazy. That's a long ass time. I'm really surprised. Yeah. Well, the thing for me, too, is that, like, in my apartment, it's literally just, like, an apartment building. Like, there's no office. There's no anything like that. So, like, I can't mail anything from my apartment. Like, I have to go to the post office, which is, like, okay, like, a mile away, you know, so it's not that big of a thing. But, like, you know, every time I want to mail something, I have to go. And so, like, if there's any packages that don't fit in my tiny little mail slot – it has mm-hmm. to come up to my door and they just leave it by the door, which, yeah, okay, fine. But like, there's nothing protecting it, right? So for me, like, I usually don't send anything to um, my place. I'll usually send it to like my aunt and uncle's house or something like that. And then mm-hmm. I'll just like go over and visit and like pick it up um, from them because my aunt's home, like 
all the time pretty much and so like I know that it's not going to get stolen they live out in the middle of nowhere so like if somebody's following them around stealing packages like that's dedication you know to go out in the middle of nowhere to get it but like um yeah and so I'm kind of like okay I will order it and I'll send it to my place because you know I'm going to be home so Mm -hmm. might as well like there's going to be very few times that I'm out of the house, you know, unless I'm going to the barn to like ride my horse or do whatever, you know, um, if I need to go to the store for something, but so (laughs) I'm like, this will be fine. And then I'm like, Oh, great. So I do order something from them one time and potentially I'm going to be back to work by then, you know? Right. Right. Are we joking? Yeah. But that's crazy. That's really surprising. It's kind of irritating. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of ass butts for not telling me, but I'm also kind of an idiot for expecting it to like not be a long time because of this whole thing. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure who's at fault here. <laughs> yeah, I get but, it. That's yeah. the real one of the reasons why we, um, when we sent you that microphone, the microphone that you're using right now, um, mm-hmm. why we picked this one, because a lot of them were like, oh, you know, this will be either, either they were out of stock and we're going to be back in stock in June, or it was going to take two to three weeks to mail to you because it wasn't considered essential. I don't yeah. know why this microphone falls under the essential category, but, <laughs> but it was like two days or, or five days or something. So I was like, sweet, we're doing this one. Maybe it's like one of the most popular ones. And so like, they know that people that like have podcasts and that are having to like do stuff from home now more yeah. need them. And so they're like, okay, well, this is a popular one. So we'll make sure that you get this one, you know? Yeah. 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 But which it's doesn't pretty, make any I sense like to it. me. Yeah. yeah. You would think that it would just be like anything that is any microphone. Yeah. Also a microphone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. But that, that yeah. was my, my moment. <laughs> Amazon <laughs> screwed me up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're back to work by then, man. I mean, I am like, I am seriously Tinkerbell wilting right now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I need people, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, fine, I guess. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.